Hello, my name is Lanny Lancaster, and I'm the senior pastor here at Central United Methodist Church. We share the sermon with you to help you connect with God and with others. We also want to invite you to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 845 for our contemporary service with live praise band and 11 for our traditional service with choir. Thanks, and may the peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you. Good morning, church. I don't know about you, but I am so glad to be here this morning. I really am. I, you know, I, I don't remember many more divisive weeks in our country than this past week. And, um, but when we come together in this place, we're reminded that Christ is stronger than any of that. Amen. And that the Holy Spirit brings us together as one. And what unites us is way more powerful than what could ever try to divide us. So I just praise the Lord for being with you this morning here in God's house. Would you pray with me? Lord, we just take a few moments to breathe this morning. breathe in your Holy Spirit that is moving in this place. To breathe out our welcome of you. Knowing that you are enough for us. Lord, reach down into the depths of our hearts even this very moment. And prepare them for your word. That the seed of your word would be planted deep. Take root. And bear fruit with lives of joyful obedience. For this we pray in the name of Christ our Lord, our Savior, our God. And let all God's people say, Amen. So last week in our series, I said that we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. We are spiritual first and foremost because it is the Spirit of God that gives us life. God the Spirit is the source of our lives, our beginning and the sustainer of life every day single day we live but we're also physical creatures and there's this beautiful image in genesis you remember it where where it says that god formed adam the first human with his own hands from the clay the dust of the earth and then what happened it says god breathed into adam the life-giving spirit the very spirit of god We are spiritual and physical beings. And so, what does it mean that we are physical beings? That we have these bodies. As we continue our journey of life together, exploring the biblical book of 1 Corinthians, let's see what God has to say to us today through it. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 12 through 20. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 12 through 20. 
all things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Should I therefore take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that whoever is united to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For it is said, the two shall become one flesh. But anyone united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Shun fornication. Every sin that a person commits is outside the body, but the fornicator sins against the body itself. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. The word of God for the people of God. One of the greatest things about being embodied creatures is that we know where our limits are. We know where our limits are. Our skin reminds us that we have limits. That we can't be everywhere or do everything. Take a moment to look at the skin on your hands or arms. Just look at it and and touch your own skin. Feel it. It's okay. We can all be weird together. (laughs) But this tells you, if you notice, like you feel that, that is your boundary. That is the end of where you are. That is where you live. We are not God. We cannot be present everywhere. We can only be present at one place at a time. And our physical bodies are an invitation to truly be present where we are, where we physically are. It's a reminder that there is a gift in physical presence. But even though our body can only be in one place at a time, our minds can wander, right? Oh boy, can they wander. That's one reason why these little things are very dangerous. Because they take that wandering nature that we have in our minds and multiplies it by, I don't know, a million or something. They're, they're great tools, but they can be dangerous too. I've been with some folks that, that, and maybe you've had this too, like been around some folks, it's like they're never really present. They're just... I've actually seen some great artwork about this where it shows people's souls literally being sucked out into their devices because they're not physically present where they are. Again, these can be handy tools, but they can also be escape mechanisms for the challenge and messiness of real life together. That's right. It's challenging to do life together. It's challenging to really be present to each other. I was at a church event years ago, and 
sitting at a table in a fellowship hall, a table that was full of people, and I was trying to make conversation, but it seemed like everybody there was just like this, you know. And this was even before smartphones back in the dinosaur age. And, and everybody was just, you know, so I finally leaned over to uh, one of the youth was a drummer in our praise band. I finally leaned over to him. I said, I said, Grant, what are you doing? And he says, oh, I'm texting a friend, man. I said, what about all these friends around the table right here? I noticed that in that one instant, like everybody was so hungry for connection and yet they weren't really directing it to the place where they would find it. This happens to us. It's a challenge to be physically present. And we have a major problem in this age and I call it disembodiment. Disembodiment. No, I'm not talking about the latest horror movie. What I mean by that, our challenge with disembodiment is we struggle so hard to really be present where we are. Our bodies can only be in one place at a time, but our minds can wander. On top of that, there's this lie that's floating around in our, in our culture today, even amongst Christians, that somehow you don't really need this, what we're doing right now. You don't really need to be physically present at church. The lie is propagated that somehow the faith is just a private transaction you have with God. Just get your salvation goodies and that's it. But read the Bible. That's not how it's presented at all. God is always calling a people together. Together. That's why I've called this series Life Together. Say together real loud awesome together we're not just called to be individual christians disembodied disconnected you read the bible again god is always calling a community all the way back god calls this people together called israel and delivers them together and then god calls this new people the church together the beloved family of god the church is literally called what? The body of Christ. So we don't want a body with all these different parts chopped off and disconnected. We want it together. So over the thousands of years of history of God's chosen people, Israel and the church, the idea of a privatized individual faith is simply unthinkable. To be a follower of Jesus means to be called together with God's people some folks think that christianity is just a bunch of facts to learn a bunch of doctrines to sign on to so all that matters is that you believe the right thing and if that's the case then surely you could do that at home by yourself but we miss something absolutely essential when we are not physically present with each other do you feel it there's a level of spiritual interchange that happens here when we are physically present that could not happen otherwise. We need to live life together. A lot of people might be tempted to say in these times, well, how do we know there even is a God? How do we know that, that Jesus is really real? Well, look around. Go ahead. Look around in each other's faces. That's how we see Christ in each other. 
That may sound scandalous, but just, again, look at the Bible. What does Jesus say? Where two or three are gathered, I am there. I'm there in the midst. Whenever Jesus was asked when the kingdom of God was coming, because the disciples were getting anxious, they were, they were ready to ride in the kingdom chariot, right? And so they said, when is it coming, Lord? And he said, it's among you. It's among you. In other words, it's already here. Remember that Genesis says that we are made in the image of God. So as we, as we are present with each other, as we do life together, we're literally seeing God's presence. We're called to glorify God in our body. And what we do with our bodies matters because we carry the sacred within us. Let me say that again. What we do with our bodies matters because we carry the sacred within us. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you carry the sacred. It matters because as Paul says in this passage, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. This was actually a saying back in the ancient Greco-Roman world. All things are lawful for me. Sounds like our times, don't it? It's just another version of, if it feels good, do it. Right? All things are lawful for me. That's why the Corinthians thought they, they embraced this, this saying. That's why they thought it was no big deal to go to a prostitute. Now that probably sounds horrifying to most of us. But it was part of their cultural practice. And Paul is saying it may be legal in your culture, but that doesn't mean it's beneficial. And this word beneficial in the original Greek of the New Testament is simphere, and it literally means something that is profitable. So Paul is saying maybe all things we could do with our bodies are lawful or allowable in our culture, but not all things are profitable for our good. Not all things we could do with our bodies is life-giving. So why does that matter? It matters because our bodies carry the sacred within us. As Paul says, the body is meant not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. All right, Paul's just going to get really real here, so hold on to your seat, right? He's just getting blunt. Fornication means promiscuity or sexual recklessness. And it may be legal in our culture, but it's not beneficial for us because, listen, there is really no such thing as a one-night stand. Did you know that? There's really no such thing as a one-night stand. There's no such thing as casual sex because physical intimacy creates a deep, deep mystical union between people. So even beyond the dangers of life-threatening disease or unplanned pregnancies that so-called casual sex can bring, the bigger, more catastrophic danger is a deep mystical connection that is made recklessly and then torn away. It's kind of like, have you ever had a, had a sore or something, you had a Band-Aid on it and a little bit of that sticky part gets on it and you pull it off and it, and it rips some flesh? Oh, it hurts. I mean, just that's kind of what happens if we think that sex is just some kind of thing like going to a gym with a stranger or something. There's a deep connection made, and when we just 
rip that away, there is hurt. There is pain. Reckless sex tears a gash in our soul, deep within, and leaves a deep wound that is hard to heal. You see, brothers and sisters, God doesn't tell us to limit physical intimacy to a deeply committed relationship to take away our fun. Actually, God is trying to teach us that if we want real joy, the real joy of intimacy, we need that within the container of a committed relationship. What we do with our bodies matters, and it matters deeply. Why? Because Paul says, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? A temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, your body carries the sacred. And then he goes on to say, it's from God and that you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Our bodies carry the sacred within our bodies are temples of the holy spirit and we were bought with a price what was that price the precious precious body of christ in his body he took on all the violence and the suffering and the ugliness of sin so that we could be redeemed so that we could live new lives think about that that price that Jesus paid in his body so that our bodies could glorify God. Embodiment is actually a wonderful gift from God. There is something incredible about the creative diversity God shows us in humans. Just look around at all the colors, sizes, shapes, textures, and ages of human beings and some people like me have a lot of textures, right? I remember my grandmother, she was a wonderful, gentle soul, and, and I used to get dragged to the mall with her and my mom, and my grandmother would just sit down on one of those benches and just watch the people. And it would just light up her face. You could see she just delighted in, in the wonderful diversity of people. And if somebody would come sit down next to her on the bench, she'd know their whole life story by the time my mom got back from shopping. But she just delighted in that diversity. Couldn't we do that as followers of Jesus? Just delight in the diversity, the wonderful, beautiful, wide strokes of color. And it just shows God's imagination, doesn't it? How wonderful people are. Every single one of us is made in God's image. In our physical as well as spiritual being. So it matters deeply what we do with our bodies. Learning to be present where we are in our bodies is a life-giving experience for us. And it takes practice, especially in our culture. I think our whole culture is trying to teach us all to be attention deficit, to be kind of wandering around. But we can actually practice things, ancient Christian practices that help us be present with one another. So I want to invite you to just one of those this week. It's a wonderful practice that helps us be more present. So I want to invite you to take some time this week at some point to just stop what you're doing and just stop for a few moments and notice. Notice. What I want you to notice, I want you to notice wherever you are, I want you to notice five things you see, 
four things you hear, three things you touch, two things you taste, and hopefully only one thing you smell. <laughs> now, now, those numbers are not set in stone. You can mix that around however the Holy Spirit uh, invites you to do that. Mix them up, however. But the point is to stop the hectic pace of life just a few times this week long enough to notice, to take in with your bodily senses what is there. And this, this works wonderfully out in nature somewhere. But it can work anywhere. You can do it anywhere. And what this does is it moves us out of this racing thought pattern and it puts us in our physical presence more it helps kind of stop what a lot of mystics call the monkey brain isn't that a great phrase um, the monkey brain the monkey brain is you know how you ever seen monkeys like they're just you know just run around and that's kind of how our brains are sometimes amen and so this practice just helps us just kind of stop and just get out of that you know going so far ahead in our minds and just noticing what is it Take a moment and do it right now. Just what are five things you see in this room? So I want to invite you to practice that this week. And as you practice that, notice especially through those senses, notice what is beautiful. There's a wonderful saying one of the saints said, stay close to beauty. Because she will strengthen you. Stay close to beauty because she will strengthen you. And God puts so much beauty around us every day if we only stop long enough to look, to notice. In the end, that's really what embodiment is about. It is to experience the beauty of God in the physical world reflected especially in our sisters and brothers in Christ of all races, nations, ethnicities, and all the other countless things that make us unique. It really is a wondrous celebration of the diverse creativity of our beautiful God. So this week, I want to invite you to honor your body in your way of noticing. Noticing and notice what leads you, what captures your attention. Because what we do with our bodies matters, and it matters deeply. Our bodies become walking, talking, dancing, singing, creating, loving doxologies of Christ. That word doxology just means worship. So you really can worship God in your body. Because our bodies carry the sacred within us. Let us pray. God, slow us down a little bit this week. Just a little bit. Invite us into times of prayerful awareness of what you've put all around us. God, even yesterday we were reminded in the beautiful falling snow just to take a few moments and, and just pause in wonder, love, and praise. Help us to notice this week, Lord. And help us to honor you in our bodies and how we use them and what we do with them to bring life to others. 
Because God, you are always present. Christ, your word tells us that you hold all things together. So help us to see and hear, touch and taste, smell, feel your wonder so that we truly may glorify you and that we may do this together as we live life together in your presence. This we pray in the name of Christ who came in the body, in the flesh, to show us your love. And let all God's people say,